0: You would think that we lived in a really smart society. We have smart homes. We have smart cars. We have smart appliances. You can open your garage door right now with a smart garage opener. You can unlock your front door right there from your pew with a smart lock. You can disable your smart alarm. You can heat or cool your house with a smart thermostat. You can cook your dinner with a smart oven. And if you spill something on your clothes, you can wash them in a smart washer. And then when it's all over, you can go to bed and lay your head down on a smart pillow. So with all this smart stuff, why don't we live any smarter? I think God must look at some of the things that we do and just shake his head, wondering, what were they thinking? The reason I think that is because I look at some of the things that I do and I shake my head going, what was I thinking? The more things change, the more they stay the same. With all of our smart devices, we still need what Paul writes here to the Ephesian believers and what the Bible says to us here in Ephesians chapter 5. Again, we'll begin reading in verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This morning, I hope we can all leave this place ready to live smart. First of all, the Bible says we need to be careful. How many times has something gone wrong in your life because you weren't being quite as careful as maybe you should have been? You tripped over a garden hose in the lawn because you just weren't looking. You you knocked over a glass of milk on the kitchen table when you were reaching for the maple syrup and you just didn't quite realize what you were doing. We're just now learning how dangerous inattention can be. Distraction can not only be dangerous, it can be deadly. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, in 2015 last year, or a couple of years back, 3,477 people were killed. 391,000 were injured in motor vehicle crashes caused by distracted drivers. Now, Paul wasn't concerned about distracted drivers, although those inattentive camel drivers on the Damascus Road were really annoying. But that wasn't his concern. Here he's concerned about distracted believers. Believers. He's just finished a section of his letter where he warns Ephesian believers about slipping back into their old ways of life. Unfortunately, that was much easier than it should have been. As we saw last week, as we looked at the verses just before this, Paul quotes from what very likely was an early Christian Him calling for believers to wake up. You you remember that verse in verse fourteen says, For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Well, after this nice melodic warning, he gives a very direct statement in the next verse. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise. But is wise. Now, another way to translate the, the first part of verse 15 is look carefully how you walk. It's a lesson every cattle rancher learns at a young age. When you're walking across the cow pasture, it's a good idea to watch where you step. Paul cautions the Ephesian believers to walk carefully. To be wise and not unwise. Here's the take-home lesson for us as believers today. We have a choice. Way too often we forget that. We, We ramble through life without any real thought to the consequences of what we're doing until we're right in the middle of those consequences. Then we look back where we were walking and realize how unwise some of the decisions were that we made along the way. Wouldn't it be better to have seen that on the other side of the field? Paul makes this point. One of the results of our salvation in Christ, one of the results of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is, we now have a choice. Paul talks about before we knew Christ, we were enslaved To sin, but in Christ we have been set free. We can choose. We can make a choice to live wisely. So, how do we do that? Well, first, decide that you're going to do that. Decide, make a choice. I'm going to seek to live wisely wisely. Make it a daily prayer, God, for every decision that I make today. Help me be careful. Help me to take a good look. Does this decision I'm about to make, does it fit what the Bible says? Is this decision, is it going to help or is it going to hurt my walk with Christ? Will it help or will it hinder someone else who sees me do this? Will it help them with their walk with the Lord? Just stopping and asking the question is 90% of the battle. Realize this morning, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have a choice. You can decide I'm going to live wisely. And when you do that, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. So make the most of it. Paul reminds us that we do have a choice. As believers, we have a choice to live wisely. We're no longer enslaved to sin. We've been set free from sin. And now we can choose To live according to what the Bible says. And that gives us a tremendous opportunity that he talks about in the next verse. First in verse 15, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That phrase he uses for making the most of it, it comes from the same root word that elsewhere in the Bible is translated with that incredible word that we sing about, that we praise the Lord for. That word redeemed. Through our salvation in Christ, we are redeemed from the penalty of sin. And in our salvation in Christ, we can redeem the moments and activities of our day. Isn't that amazing? God redeems our life, and now we have the choice to redeem the moments that God has given us as His children. It's amazing. The opportunities that we have are amazingly changed by our relationship with Christ. Our our boring job becomes an opportunity to share Christ with our fellow co-workers. That history class that we hate becomes an opportunity to see the ways that God has been working through the kings and nations of history. Knowing Christ changes everything. If we take the opportunity. So Paul says, seize the opportunity. The word that he uses, another way it can be translated, is to purchase completely. You, you know, when you're in a store and there's that, that item that's on sale that day and you think, yeah, I ought to buy that. I could save some money because I'm going to have to buy that anyway. Uh, maybe I'll buy it tomorrow and you come back the next day and it's not on sale anymore and you wish, oh, I should have bought it. Well, that's what that word means. It means take the opportunity, seize it, purchase completely the opportunities that we have to serve the Lord. They come and they go very quickly. They won't always be there. So don't miss a single one. Seize them as they come. Now Paul reminds us this isn't going to be easy. He says the days are evil. Folks, you won't have to look very far to find an excuse not to do what God's leading you to do. Those excuses are going to be right there, just in front of you, ready for you to pick it up and say, Well, I can't do that because... The days are evil. The temptations are all around us not to do what God is leading us to do. So, so Paul adds one more reminder. He says, Don't be foolish. Understand... What the will of the Lord is. As one commentator puts it, our first concern when, when we're making a decision in life, when we're deciding, should I do this or should I do that? Our first concern should never be, will this bring me more wealth? Will this bring me more satisfaction? Because that's in our human nature, that's kind of what we do. We think, well, well is this decision going to make me more happy? Is this decision going to make me wealthy? Is this decision going to help me some way? But the Bible reverses that and says that shouldn't be our first concern. Our first concern should always be, is this God's will for my life? That ought to be our first question. And then all those other things, we can consider those. But the first and foremost decision that we should make, is this what God would have me do? Nothing is more important than knowing the will of God, both what theologians call the general will of God, that's God's will for all believers, and his particular will for us, that's God's will for us individually. The secret is we'll find the latter, what God's will for us is individually, by following the former, what God's will is for all believers. Are you looking for what God wants in your life? I think we all are as believers. I mean, we know that's what we're supposed to do. That's why you're here this morning. You you knew that this was a place that you needed to be to come and worship the Lord. You you recognize the importance of being in God's house with with God's people. So, So you've already acknowledged, okay, doing what God wants me to do, that's a pretty significant thing. But then you may be wondering, well, what exactly is that for me? What exactly is it that God wants me to do in my job tomorrow? Or you may have a bigger decision. You may be deciding what college you're going to attend or what career you're going to follow or, or the person that you're going to marry or, or, or where your life is going to go. You know, there may be a, some really big decisions or really small decisions, but you're thinking, well, how do I figure out what God wants in this? Well, here's a, a wonderful principle the Bible gives us. Live what you know. Find out what the Bible teaches in general principles, how God calls believers to live. And as you discover those truths in the scripture, as you find those ways that God wants you to live, do that. And as you do God's will, he will reveal his specific will for you. Did you catch that? What an incredible principle in life. I, I, I don't know about you. I, sometimes I worry about stuff more than I should. And I know I'm not supposed to, but, but sometimes I do. And, and you know, I, I, I get concerned about, well, am, am I doing what the Lord wants me to do? Am I, am I in the right place where he wants me to be? Am I, am I talking to the people that he wants me to talk to? Am I doing? And then, you know, this conversation is going in my head. Well, should I do this or should I do that? I just need to be doing what the Bible tells me to do. And as I do the the, the general principles that God has given us in His Word, as I follow that, God will lead me to the specific things that He wants me to be doing. Isn't that great? We spend so much time trying to figure this out. When all we really need to be doing is what God's already figured out for us. As we live the principles of the Scripture, God will reveal the specific things that He wants in our life. All of us as believers, we want to know what God wants us to do. It's the reason we followed Christ in the first place. But then along the way, we see our failures to live up to that. And we start to become convinced that we just can't do it. We're just not up to We don't have that gift. And so we stop trying. Which is exactly what Satan wants. He can't take away our salvation, so he is bound and determined to keep us from living for Christ while we're still here on earth. But the good news is what we said starting off. We have a choice. Paul instructs, his instructions here in this passage still apply to us to understand what the Lord's will is. So, start reading the Bible. Can't go wrong there. But begin reading the Bible. And as you do that, decide this morning. This is a decision you can make this morning. I'm going to read the Bible. If you don't have a daily time in God's Word, then just say this morning. This could be your decision today. You know, I I know the Bible is what God wants me to do, and I need to know what it says. So I'm going to start every day. I'm going to spend at least 15 minutes reading God's Word. I'm going to find a a reading plan. I'm going to go online and Google a search for what's a good daily Bible reading plan, and, and I'm going to do that. That could be your decision. But many of you are already doing that. You already have a daily time that you read the Scripture. Here's a decision that you could make. As I do my my daily reading today, I'm going to read this passage of scripture and I'm going to ask God to show me one thing that I can do according to his will today. One thing, one way that this scripture applies to what I'm doing today. Folks, God will answer that prayer. And what he'll do is he'll show you the general principles in his word for how we live our life. But he'll also start revealing the specific things. And, you know, if you, you'll, you'll read a passage of scripture that talks about sharing your faith. And all of a sudden God will bring to mind a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a schoolmate. And that name will just pop into your head. And, and all of a sudden you'll ask, you know, I don't know whether they know the Lord or not. I've never really talked to him about that. I need to do that. God will take those general principles and He'll make them specific for you. He'll take those things that all of us as believers should be doing and then He will make that specific to your life as you open yourself to doing that. As you say, God, show me in Your Word what You want me to do today. So so that's something you could do. To say, I'm going to read my Bible... But as I read it, I'm going to be praying, God, show me at least one specific way that I can apply what I read today to my life. You'll be amazed at how God will answer that prayer. For example, in today's passage, one thing that we learned is that we have a choice. So do that. Today, you're going to face some decisions. They may be little decisions, they may be big decisions. But in those decisions that you face, just bring to the forefront of your mind, okay, God, what would you have me to do? What would please you most? What will take me to the place where you want me to be today? As you approach each decision, make that choice that is best for your relationship with Christ. And as you do that, God is going to lead you to some really exciting, very specific ways that you could serve Him. Now, what's that going to be? I don't know. But I'm excited to find out. So together, let's commit ourselves as believers in the one true God to live smart. Heavenly Father, You have blessed us in abundance. We come here this morning recognizing... Your power to save. Across this room, people could give testimony to how you transformed their life. We, we sang hymns of faith, praising that reality. You're a God who transforms life. And God, we, we, we came here this morning because we know you're important. We know your word's important. We know your will is important. So God, as we leave this place, help us to apply that to our life. We're going to make some decisions today that maybe they'll just be minor things, but maybe some of us have some really big decisions that we're weighing in our heart. God, right now, right here, we want to commit ourselves to you, that in those decisions and those choices that we make, we want to make the choice that will honor you. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to live smart.